Welcome to Building the Greener Idaho, your weekly radio Boise program covering the intersection of people, profit, and place. I'm your co-host, Chris Wilson, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. Paul Collins. Uh, Dr. Collins is a whitewater park enthusiast. He's been active in the organizing and fundraising efforts for the Boise River Park for a long time. So thanks for <laughs> joining us, Dr. Collins. Nice to see you. Well, is this your first time in the Radio Boise studio? First time I've been in here, yes. All right. Well, we're glad to have you, and we're going to talk today about uh, inland surf, and uh, it's come a long ways, I, I suppose, in the, in the time you've been involved. So why don't you help us uh, set the stage for our listeners and just tell us where you're coming from, how, how you got involved in river sports, and, and the Boise Whitewater Park in particular. Well, um, I've been a kayaker, you know, uh, and um, 30 years ago, uh, a lot of people don't may not remember this, but we, when we used to kayak, we used to go out, and making it down the river was pretty much, that's all you wanted to do. But as boats evolved, and as people got more and more basically better at things like surfing, um, we began to notice that some of these waves were a lot of fun. Add to that that when you go down the Boise River at that time, and to a certain extent still, although that's being changed, there were dangerous pour-overs, and people were dying. I mean, they literally were getting, you know, eating their lunch there. Mm -hmm. So um, it just became obvious that we had to improve on that, and... That's what kind of started it. A group of us got together, and we had lunch over at a place over, over by you know St. Al's Hospital. I remember sitting there talking about it, and it just evolved. It's like, you know, you once you, once a rock starts going downhill, you can't get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, we can do something about this. You yeah, so yeah. So what was the the first domino to fall in the, in the Boise River system? Well, um, the. <coughs> A lot of things, but what happened is there were some people uh, that passed away, died, whatever, at the Thurman Mill. Um, And we had a meeting. We kind of thought about what can we do to make this better. And there were other people. We were getting talk about people, mainly in Europe, who were developing waves. And uh, I went to South Bend, Indiana, where they had a, a, a kayak racing feature, which was all big concrete blocks they moved around well that gosh we can make our own waves and i have to admit we used to go up by um up upstream and we would be moving rocks around trying to yeah and people would come and go what are you doing we're trying to make waves and they go you know no way and anyway it, it we found out that people were already doing this and so we said, well, let's let's get going on it. Let's see what we can do. And we were really, really lucky. So um, for our listeners who might not be that aware of, of the, the names of the features in the Boise River, where's the Thurman Mill at? The Thurman Mill, you know where um, Idaho River Sports and the new Simplot Park and uh, the lake? Um, it's right there. It's the one that we, it's kind of the first one we've built. And uh, there's a nice area to watch the surfers and kayakers and that was the first one and back when it before it became what it is now it was a what we call a pour over where the water went up over a dam and then went straight down and if you threw something in there it just stayed there mm-hmm. recirculating so recirculating it looked like more like the pour over at americana 
by the Americana Street Bridge. And that is, right now, yeah. that is a very dangerous feature, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And we want to fix that. Yeah. And those, um, you know, they had various intents, I suppose, when they were put in, um, diversion for canals or power production or to turn a, wi- a mill back in the day. But, um, you know, most a lot of towns across the country have still have pour-over features right in town. I grew up on a river called Cedar Falls um, that had, or the Cedar River, and Cedar Falls was the name of the town because of the, the pour-over there. Because of the pour-over there. And once you go over the pour-over, you're, you're trapped, and that's bad news. <laughs> and I think there's been a lot of momentum, just like with... Um, um, skateboarding, um, so many things, you know, bicycles, where where now what used to be under a bridge, for instance, was a useless piece of ground, is now a city attraction Mm -hmm. because they put in, you know, features. And the river used to be, I'm sorry to say, just a a dump. You you put things in and they went away. Well, now now we want to keep it. Yeah. And that's really a, a strong, and I'm sure in Cedar Mills, they're, probably looking at this they absolutely are yes and uh, hopefully they modeled after boise because boise did a great job they they have so we're, we're we're kind of transitioning from looking at our rivers from just uh utility can they can we divert the water okay put a dam in can we get rid of something okay chuck it in there right now we're looking at them like well wait a minute what is the value of this clean fr- flow free-flowing river through town mean and what can we do with it in today's world where we've got you know pretty highly evolved recreational equipment so it's a nat- it's kind of a natural progression, I think. It really is. And, you know, just before we were talking about kayaking, when we started designing and building this, kayaking was all we knew. We, we don't live by an ocean, right? And now over half of the people that use the Thurman Mill Diversion and, and, the, and the, the river park are surfers. I mean, it's... It's amazing to watch them. I mean, that's just great, you know. You just had no idea that that was a potential. <laughs> no, I, I think it took a lot of people by surprise. Um, and one of the things I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, a constructed wave right in right in town has done is it's made it it's made it accessible. So you uh-huh. can put a surfboard on a bike, and you can bike on down there, and you can go surfing. You know, whereas before, if you were into river sports, you were probably taking a half day, full day trip. Going up to the Payette or wherever, Mm -hmm. going on the Owyhee or the Bruno or, you know. Yeah. And now you you can literally, you know, check out at noon, go surf, and come back to work in your suit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I have done that, actually. (laughs) Well, I I, I won't tell anybody. (laughs) Um, But I I did take off my wetsuit before I came back to work, so. That's That's a... a personal odor thing, you yeah. know, you got to do that. So we've got um, kayaks that have gotten more evolved and are, are really specialized for playing in a wave. We've got boards that, that are built specifically for surfing on a river wave. We've we've brought the joy of surfing, you know, to anywhere with a river and, and a community willing to invest in a right. future in the river. Well, the neat thing is that it changes the, 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 the what, what used to be just a place to dump things into a real asset. You, you know, I don't know where they got the statistics. Doug Holloway, the gentleman who runs the uh, Parks and Rec, he said that almost 90% of the people that go down just stand and watch. And, and with, you know, they, they, they just love it there. I mean, I love it too. But it, it's just amazing how many people are attracted to that feature. 
Something about the moving water. I don't know what it is. It's great. Yeah, and it and they've built a great viewing platform, um, which I understand Phase 2 will also have another great yes. spot to, to, for people to, to look on and see what's going on. And Phase 3 is going to have three waves, which is going to be kind of, you know, uh, A, B, and C. You're going to be an expert, an intermediate, and a beginner. And the older I get, the farther down I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. It's a lifelong sport. It is a lifelong sport. So talk to us a little bit about the transition uh, from utility to recreation and clean water becoming more of a focus, obviously, because people are immersing, immersing themselves in the water. Um, you know, when you're surfing, there's propensity for water to get up in your nose and in your head, yeah. your ears. So, you know, clean water is a value. But, but to make it happen, there's a lot of moving parts. So let's, so let's focus on um, specifically the design and construction of these ways. We still need to divert the water off into the irrigation canal. Right. And that's, that's first and foremost yeah. because it's their water. Mm-hmm. I mean, and one of the things we ran into early on was they were afraid because in other states this has happened, as soon as somebody starts modifying their diversion, the rules change. And we made it very clear that the rules are, the only thing we want to use is water you're not going to use. Well, the good news is about what we have in Boise, we're kind of at the top of the heap. So there's a lot more water going farther downstream. We've got lots of water to, quote, play with, unquote. Mm And by designing these movable features, we've been able to accommodate the changes in the flows. And and the water is still diverting as it was oh, before, right into the canals. Right. And yeah, right. okay. And yeah. then and there's a minimum flow requirement going over the right. the feature. Right. To, and to so we can accommodate all of that. Yeah. And again, we we do it. The prominent re- the main reason we do it is to make it safe. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do it right, and I'm not saying that what was done wasn't right, because at that time we didn't have kayaks, we didn't have surfboards, we didn't have paddle boards. But they were doing it right for what they were doing, I should say. But now we've got to accommodate so many other people. Yeah. And I was uh, fortunate to be working down um, on 50, near 50th and Chinden when they built the, the, the Thurman Mill Good, uh, yeah. wave. So I saw them divert the whole river. I saw what the riverbed looked like when it was dry. And, yeah, there's a, there was a lot of nasty stuff uh, that could catch yeah. it and keep you yeah. there. Um, and so they've got that, that first wave part cleared out. But then if you look downstream at where they're um, planning to build the next features, we've, again, we've, again, we just have a big pile of concrete with rebar and nasty things that will just grab you and hold you forever in Davy Jones' locker. So uh, what's the plan there? Well, the plan there is if you look back a long time, they had a dam there, and it washed out. But the plan is now that we know what, what has been done at Thurman Mill upstream, and now that we know how to accommodate the um, canal companies, and we, we also have experts uh, who know how to design and build these things, for instance, to survive what's going on right now. We're almost 9,000 CFS. I mean, it's cooking. Mm-hmm. And so to build a feature that'll survive that, yet when the water goes down, still give you the kind of feature that's safe, as safe as you can make it, and, and fun to play in, well, now there are experts that know how to, trust me, I don't know how to do that, but they know how to design these things. It's, it's just all too good. Yeah, they've been building them across the world. We've got, uh, I forget the name of the company, but our, the designer that's been contracted to work 
here at the Boise Whitewater Park has well, Scott Shipley. Scott Shipley's the, business. Exec, he's an uh, Olympian kayaker. Yeah, and, and he's built waves in New Zealand and um, Durango and across the world. He, bu- he built them in, in England for yeah. the Olympics. Yeah, so so it, it can be done with the right expertise, and it can accommodate different flows and different needs, design right. features for different user abilities. Um, it can be designed so that you know the viewers have a great look. Um, it's pretty amazing what we can it, do it, with rivers. Yeah, and I mean, and... and when I started in this, I mean, I just went and moved rocks. And here was the here's the hard thing. You go and you pile up rocks and then the water comes in. Well, it doesn't go away till s- September. And if you didn't get it right, ooh. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's a we we it's a perfect it's a perfect world. And the other thing about Boise is because of the way the river works as a canal, we've got water all summer. It just couldn't be better. Yeah, it's an incredible feature. Um, it, it's increased the safety of the river and obviously the recreational opportunities. Um, and I, I think right now we'll, we'll take a quick break for Station ID, but when we come back, we'll maybe we'll start to talk about how it's uh, impacted the economics of the area and, and maybe even our, our sort of environmental ethic when it comes to rivers. So you're listening to Building a Greener Idaho. I'm your co-host, Chris Wilson speaking with Dr. Paul Collins about um, inland surfing, and in particular the Boise Whitewater Park. We'll be right back. And we're back with Building the Greener Idaho. We're uh, talking cowabunga. We're talking inland surf here today. And we're talking about the amazing evolution of the Boise River system um, from what kind of started as safety concerns with these diversions and pour-overs that were a danger to people floating down the river to... So, wow, we've got one of the coolest uh, river surfing waves in the nation right here in our backyard. So my guest is Dr. Paul Collins. He's been involved for a long time. Uh, he's evolved from piling rocks to try to create waves to surface kayak to getting involved in organizing and helping to do the fundraising for this the amazing whitewater park we have. So we've kind of we've we've talked about this progression of um, the river being really utilitarian, being a dump, being a source of water for irrigation to um, a place to play in. And it's it's been a great transformation. Um, but how did we get to this point where, you know, where so many people are interested in, in the surfboards now? Well, um, it's interesting. My, uh, my daughter is a surfer. She's a kayaker, but she's a surfer. And uh, I tried it once and made everybody laugh, so I won't. But... We had no vision of this. The analogy that I like is skiing and snowboarding. Thirty-some years ago when I first moved here, I mean, I never thought of a snowboard. What's well, over half of the people up at Bogus Basin this winter were, they tell me, are, are snowboarders. So the same thing basically has happened at the Boise River Park. It started out with the idea as a place for kayakers, but the surfers came in and they showed us, hey, expand your image here. There's a lot of opportunities that you aren't seeing. And it's, they're so neat to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's very fun. And, um, and again, that just sort of uh, points to this, this growth opportunity in the industries that surround river surfing or inland surfing. So, you know, we, we did have boating companies in town. We even have Moravia, a boat manufacturer, just downstream from the Whitewater Park. We've got Idaho River Sports has been around for a long time. Um, serving the whitewater community, and now we've got this whole new niche market that's sprung up around riverboards. Right. And, and again, I'm not an expert. You, you probably know more of this than I do, but I watch these folks, and my daughter and others tell me that the riverboards are structurally 
very specific for the size of the wave and how they work. Now, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Um, and, and in fact, there are some board designers that that's their niche. They just they, they focus on river surfing because it's um, because it's popular and it is specialized. And if you you know, if you become proficient at it, you've got a kind of a captive market. So it, and it's I think it's natural for a lot of people to bring their old ocean surfing board down to the wave the first time because that's what they have. And they try it out and they quickly realize they want a shorter board that's more designed specifically for the, the river waves. River waves are pretty short and steep. They're not right. real. They're not tall and um, they're not shaped exactly like an ocean wave. So it, it's, it does take a little bit different board shape. Right. And, and so, you know, that's not my understanding, but I'm watching them do it. And here's the neat thing. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to evolve. I know that. And the key part for those like Scott Shipley, who's designing the next phases, and Macmillan, the people who are going to build it, what they have to do is they have to have an open enough mind, which they do, as we progress, What? how can we make it so that we can accommodate the next Mm-hmm. Population, if you will. Yeah, Boise Parks and Rec, if you're listening, I think we've got a really good laboratory at Rhodes Skate Park. I think the talent that's coming out of there right. could get down there on a surfboard and do things that no one is even thinking about right now. Right. I mean, you watch some of these people, for instance, in these little, small little kayaks flipping and do... Th- I mean, when I started to kayak, we were two-dimensional. <laughs> yeah. And now they're, they're three-dimensional. I think the same thing, you know, people, they're, they've learned to cut back and forth on the wave, but pretty soon someone's going to come down and do a hand plant on the wall and just take it oh, to a new level. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, it'll be interesting and exciting, no doubt. And that's why we've got those viewing platforms so that yeah. every, everybody yeah. can, can look into it. So, but we also have, we've got now, what, four or so shops that are um, specifically right. serving the surf, the river board surfing community in, in Boise. Mm-hmm. And that's just from, from one wave. And we've got several more waves in the hopper. We've got... Three more waves on phase two, and we've got at least one more wave on phase one. I mean, phase three, I'm sorry, I can't even count. And, you know, and the other thing that's interesting is how the community around it has developed. You know, condominiums, houses, apartments. It's incredible. We've got the uh, the yard arm, a, a little watering hole drinking right. establishment right next to the, the wave down there. Um, there's a new restaurant slated to go in next to the condominiums there, Luciano's uh, Italian restaurant. I mean, people are obviously attracted to these waves. Well, it, it creates momentum. <clears throat> you know, a friend of mine who's on the committee, the Friends of the Park committee, Clay Carley, he's, he's one of these guys that can look out and see where this could go. I mean, I'm moving rocks, but he's seeing, seeing things. And, and, and so these people with a lot of vision are taking this momentum and going places that, I, like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I think that we're all excited to see where it goes. And, um, you know, we can, we can take some, some guesses, but it'll evolve how it's going to evolve. And, and I think it's going to be... It's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good for the community. Um, it, you know, it's obviously good for stimulating some new economic activity. Um, what about, you know, sort of uh, a clean water ethic? Now we're, we've got hundreds more people than there were before literally immersing themselves in the river really? every day. They, they know that when, it, when water runs off from a storm event that there's, you know, pollution concerns because it goes right into their ears and their nose and their mouths when they're in the river. So, um, you know, how have you seen that cultivating a sense of uh, value for clean water? Well, let's look at used tires. 
We used to pull off truckloads full of used tires every year. We don't see any now. So it's the, the, the whole community is changing their view of the river to, to, a, 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 to a park from a dump. And um, if you look at where the Simplot Park has been built, that used to be a gravel pit. And it's beautiful now. So we can change the momentum. We can change the direction. And we can create something that really none of us imagine. But smart people, you know, those folks, they, they can fit, plan it out. Yeah, and the um, I know the planning process for the parks have had, there's been a lot of input from all the interest groups, and that includes the you know conservation community. Fishing. Fishing, um, just habitat in general. So, And I, I think that the plans have, have some accommodations for uh, riverbank restoration and, and providing habitat uh, structures so that it's not just about you know what humans want to do in the river. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really important, I think, now we recognize that, well, first of all, we want it to be a pretty place, a pretty place in many ways, and, and that means having the natural environment to the extent we can come back. We have to accommodate it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's see. You kind of mentioned this, this sense of community, but uh, and I'm sure there's a growing culture. Well, I know there's a growing culture around uh, river surfing. Are there diehards that they're just on the tour, they're going from one inland wave to the next, or has it become a, a sort of a, a destination type of thing it, at this it, point? We see that. I mean, it, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there are people that, that travel around the country skiing on this. It's okay. Um, the key is, if it's clean when they come, we have found they're a lot more likely not to throw their beer cans and pop cans and whatever. It, you know, the, 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 the community can set a pace. They can set an expectation. And Boise's really good about that. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that's unique about the river culture is this sort of idea of taking turns on a wave. Yes. That's not something you find in the ocean. It, you, you're an ocean surfer, so I, I don't know. But I've heard some pretty nasty stories about people getting run over. Yeah. Yet if you go down and watch at Boise, I mean... It's really interesting. The time you spend on the wave is inversely related to the number of people there. <laughs> True. Yeah, and I think that maybe one of the things that drives that is, A, you have to stand shoulder to shoulder with people if you're on the surf lineup, or even if you're in a boat, you're in the queue right next to them, you know, right. waiting to get in there. So there's that proximity. But there's also, um, you just get more time on the wave uh, in a river. It's there. It's just a standing wave. It's always there for you. Whereas the ocean break is very ephemeral. It it. It jacks up and it breaks and it dumps and it's over and you missed it. Really? You only yeah, had I, a few seconds to do it. So I think that the, that abundance factor helps keep people a little calmer and lined up properly. Well, you know, the other thing I've noticed is that there's great surfers and beginning surfers. And the neat thing about Boise is if you stand there and watch them, the, the experts are always helping the beginners. And, hey, great. Yeah, you actually stood up. You know, it's like. It's great to watch. Yeah, it's a supportive community. Um, well, we're getting a little bit low on time. Maybe we should look a little bit beyond um, Boise here. And what, like, where are the other great inland wave spots? Where are people going to do, you know, kayak and surf competitions? Well, up at Cascades, a good one locally. Green River is a good one. Um, we're, we're, we're seeing what we are seeing is a lot of canals. They're, they're looking at this in a different way. Communities are looking at this in a different way saying, for, because we don't keep the water, we just rent it. 
And, and so if, if we build better dams, repair some of the damage on the riverside, and everybody gets the water, it's a win-win-win situation. And that's what we want to promote. And we've been able to do that. Yeah, so I mean, maybe that's the next wave of economic opportunity where these canal operators are like, hey, if we put a wave in here, well, we can charge people to come yeah, surf Yeah, I didn't canal. want to go there, but... <laughs> <laughs> You never An know. entrepreneur here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. And it would, uh, you know, I think it's still somewhat limited to where these constructed waves are located, right? So, if but we have miles of these. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go surf Shoshone Falls. But, you know, I mean, what we're seeing is there are so many opportunities out there. When you see what's happened in Boise and you look at Twin Falls, Idaho Falls, wow. Yeah, it's endless. I, you know, I think, and and so many of our communities are situated on rivers. For, you know, from a historic perspective, there was transportation Truly. and water resources. So, uh, the opportunities are really endless. I think. Right. Well, um, any parting ideas? Um, what well, do you What do you want to get across? What's the main thing about the, the Boise Whitewater Park that really go out you? and have a good time? Yeah. You know, it's we we try to make it safe, and the other thing is get involved. I don't care if it's not about rivers, if it's about biking, if it's about running, if it's about fishing, whatever it is, get involved. You can make a difference. Where would you point our listeners uh, to, to get involved? You know, Maybe they're interested in a cleanup effort, getting plugged into those. City of Boise is really good about this. Just contact the Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, City of Boise. Right. Okay. Well, listeners, if you haven't checked out the, the Boise Whitewater Park, um, definitely check it out. On a nice sunny day, it's a good good time to be there. We'll have to give the caveat that it's underwater right now. Yeah, so I was going to say. <laughs> so don't, don't stop down. Don't the put next, your boat in. <laughs> probably uh, not till late June at this point. We're letting a lot of water out of Lucky Peak. So um, it is, it's, it's, it's actually literally underwater. The wave just isn't really there right now. Yeah, so, and that's the way it's designed. Yeah. But uh, it'll be there for you next time, so go check it out and uh, get involved and help clean up the river and, and enjoy this amenity we got. Paul, thanks very much for being on the show. Hey, thank you. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you're listening to Building a Greener Idaho on Radio Boise. We're your weekly Radio Boise program covering the intersection of people, profit, and place. We'll be back next Tuesday at 3 p.m., so join us then. Take care.